recently I was working on an essay for which I had to watch some of Chloe Zhao's movies. First I watched Nomadland, mm. which is now, you know, it's her third feature and yeah. is now up for six Academy Awards and all all kinds of accolades. And I had never encountered her work and watched a screener of Nomadland maybe late in 2020. So oh. last November, December, and was, it didn't know that much about the movie going into it. Mm. And um, like had to pause it 15 minutes into it. I was like, what the fuck is this movie? Like, who is this? Who made this? What's going on? You know, like, oh my God, this is incredible. I've never, this is unlike other movies that I've seen recently, other features. And which I think is true of No Man Land. And so I, I, I went back, I started going sort of mm. back through um, Zhao's catalog. I had heard of the writer and I wanted to sort of go back and see how she worked with the non-actors mm. and there was something about the way that that translated on on film mm -hmm. um you can tell when, when the person on the screen isn't an it's like i think francis mcdormand is like one of the best actors in the world but there mm. is a difference between someone who understands that their job is there to act and to be mm -hmm. there for the camera and someone who has no experience of being in front of the camera. And I was so mesmerized by that, that I went back and watched the writer, which Zhao shot on the Pine Ridge reservation in South Dakota mm -hmm. entirely with um, members of the Sioux tribe. And I was just broken hearted by this film. Welcome to Open Forum. I'm Michael Denzel Smith. Brady is a cowboy through and through, a rodeo star known throughout his Lakota Sioux community. But a devastating brain injury has sidelined him from the only life and passion he has known and forces him to consider the value of his life beyond his commitment to cowboy up. This week's film is The Rider, and it was chosen by Jordan Kistner, author of the essay collection Thin Places and host of another lit -hub podcast you should be listening to, Thresholds. Zhao and, and Jandro had met when Zhao was on the reservation shooting her first film mm -hmm. and she was, which is called um, songs. My brother taught me and she liked him. He taught her how to ride a horse and she liked him and was like, I want to make a movie with, with Brady and couldn't figure out what to do. And then he had this catastrophic accident mm -hmm. and she thought, Oh, that's our movie. And so the, the film is about a wounded cowboy um, yeah. who can no longer be a cowboy in the way that he has been raised to believe that he not just like has to be socially, but like is spiritually right. in some way. And I, there's something about the way that something about the like non-stylized aspect of this film that really hmm. is blowing my mind. And there's something about the way that it tries to unpack masculinity mm -hmm. and um ideas about community and ideas about vulnerability and how we deal with being unable to fulfill the role that we thought we were supposed to fulfill and what we thought we were born to do um that i'm just i can't stop thinking it makes me cry yeah. i just loved it yeah i i couldn't help 
throughout watching this this film, um, have you seen the wrestler with Mickey? Yeah. yeah, like it felt like it was it was a very similar movie in that like the the dealing with the both physical and psychological effects of being unable to do the thing that you feel called to do, which is a very physical thing. Obviously in the wrestler, it's about wrestling and like this guy at the, it like that's been wrestling for decades. Right. And, and just like his body is giving out on him and he has to, to make a decision. But it's like, like you're saying sort of core to his identity. It's like, it's spiritually like there, there feels like he would, he would be empty without the, the, of wrestling but the different a big i mean the major difference here would be that like with the wrestler it's at the end and for for brady it's like he was kind of just getting started and here 20 yeah he's like 20 years old and he's He's, not fully formed as an adult as someone who's like been in the world and seen it and felt it and understood it and like gotten a chance to be exposed to anything else like this is something that like it's a dream of his and like yes he's like successful at that point um but it's taken away from him at such a young age that it's like how do you come back from that in terms of like just living a life right and we sort of see him after he's been told by his doctors that he really shouldn't, you know, Mm. really shouldn't, definitely shouldn't ride in rodeos and like probably shouldn't ride horses at all. And he's having ongoing these sort of seizures and he's, he's really not, he's really supposed to move on Mm -hmm. and find, find another way to live. And, and part of what we see is that like, there actually aren't that many, there aren't that many other lives that are available to him Mm -hmm. to live. Um, he, it's, it's, he goes, we see him like in his beautiful shirt with the, you know, and his hat, like he dresses up like a cowboy to go to the employment office and like, there's not that much else available for him in terms of alternate lives not that he wants them at all and so he winds up sort of bagging groceries and you see these scenes of him um and he needs to bag groceries because his he needs to help his father pay the rent on their house right like they they need the money uh and the only thing he's ever been able to be paid to do is to train horses and and ride in rodeos and so he like you see him sort of try in in ways to figure out like Mm -hmm. what else would my life look like and it looks, those scenes of him at the grocery store are like devastating, mm-hmm. even though we know as, as people who want him to be well and survive that like him moving on to a different way of life is, is a good thing for him. Like it's sure. safe for him to be there bagging groceries, but like it is really conveyed how, how devastating it yeah. is for him to have to imagine that this would be his life as opposed to a life of training horses. And, and there aren't that, it sort of seems to to him that those are the only kind of two ways that yeah. uh, the life that he, the avenues for young men in, in the world described by the movie are, um, you know, there aren't that many avenues and there's really only for him one that looks like a, a life that's going to be worthwhile. Wow, that's amazing. Of course, I never had nobody on his back before. And then when he's working in the grocery store, I mean, there's two instances where 
he's recognized, right? Like people know him for this, and they're yeah. they're like someone asked for a little kid asked for a picture with yeah. him. He's like a famous person, yeah. yeah. And it's like, and he's he's recognizing at least in the beginning that like this this can't I can't do this anymore. It's not going to be a viable life for me. I've I got to make some money. I got to find something else to do. And like you say, he's working toward that, working toward whatever whatever narrow uh fields that are that are available to him he's like working toward that but he's getting these reminders from people that like no there's another life that excites me that like that gets me going that helps me wake up and like makes me feel fulfilled and like also offers this outside validation right like people enjoy watching me do this like i can i can have a sense of something bigger than myself and wrapped up in that and so it's like the pull is always there because it's like what's what's going to be fulfilling to him aside from the paycheck and working in, in the grocery store and and like even even with that like what how much is he actually going to be making in this low-wage job right like Right. And so it's just like the the grandiosity of the dreams and like what actually what's available to him, what the possibility like still sits inside of him. And it's just like and then it's reinforced externally. So it's just like there it doesn't seem like he really has a choice, like he's got to get back to it. Yeah, and we see a couple moments where he kind of disobeys doctor's orders and mm-hmm. trains a whore and, you know, tries to, we see these scenes of him breaking a horse that is difficult to break or training a horse. Um, which I also, I thought those scenes were so interesting because they were just, they were not staged. It was actually, mm, she just yeah. like had, had him break a horse that, you know, nobody had ever ridden. And so there's something that's a little, um, that feels a little like live in its tension. Mm. <laughs> about those scenes. Um, cause we just don't know what's going to happen actually. And they didn't know. Um, but so we see, a couple scenes where he like disobeys doctor's orders and goes and trains a horse. And like, someone will say to him, Oh, I heard you had a special touch. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cool. It's, it's amazing to get to see you do this mm-hmm. in real. Like we, we, we know, like you're saying that like he has a reputation as a person with a gift, yeah. uh, not just as a rodeo cowboy, but as a, per, as like a person who understands how to work with horses and who feels called to work with horses. Yeah. And there's so much conversation in the film, mostly by the people around him, young men, his own age and, you know, men of his father's generation about like, like what I think of was like the calling of the cowboy, mm-hmm. like what a cowboy is, that they are all cowboys. Yeah. And that it's not just like, a, it's not just a, a job. It's like a spiritual calling yeah. um, and it's a whole way of life and it's a whole identity. And he's also contending with the fact that there's so much conversation and messaging that like cowboys ride through pain. Yeah. Cowboys, you know, like that, that the way um, his friend, his friend says to him, like, you don't let pain put you down. Like, that's not what, that's not what cowboys do. It makes no that's difference. Maybe, like, it's all the same to a cowboy or something like that. Like, it's like <laughs> he's like, a friend is like, get back up on there. Yeah. Like I, I broke some ribs once right. and I just, and you told me to ride through it. And, and Brady tries to say like, well, a head, head injury is a little different than right. ribs. And, and you're right. And the, yeah. the, like the, the line he gets back is like, oh, it's all the same to a cowboy. And so there's this, this sense of like, it's not just 
he he's also having to contend with the fact that he's been told his whole life that there's no injury. Like if you can't, if you are physically capable of getting back on the horse, that's what you have to do because that's what cowboy does. Um, and so in order to not do that, he has to like, he has to like fail at being Mm -hmm. the only thing he wants to be. Um, which is such a, I don't know, like that story, it's similar to the wrestler of like, how do you let yourself, how do you let go of this idea that you've been given your whole life about how to be, um, how to like enact a form of masculinity that feels really important to you mm-hmm. and to your community? And what are the stakes of, of walking away from that or trying to manifest a different version of that? To, to what you're saying about that messaging, like he reaches a point of, uh, you know, where he's going to go back to the rodeo, right? And his dad's there and it's like, are you crazy? You're going to kill yourself. Like, you're not, you don't listen to anybody. You're stubborn. He's like, I have been listening, right? Like, this is exactly what you've told me all my life. Cowboy up, like cowboy, like possessing all of those traits that you're discussing there. Like, like the idea that there's something intrinsic to the cowboy that, uh, is meant to overcome all of these other physical limitations of your personhood, right? Like that you can, that you can transcend that by adopting the ethos of the cowboy or adopting the dress and all of those things and all, all, everything that comes along with the lifestyle. And it's like, but no, you act, you really can't, right? Like you, you are only human. Uh, and, and so to imbue the cowboy with all of these senses of like, you know, almost this, like, perfect masculinity right like it is to say like there is a toughness that one adopts and that like can be can be used throughout your life and every aspect of your life to overcome every obstacle and and it's simply to say like well no you already have he already has an example in his life of that right that like this just does. This doesn't last forever, and this also can trample you and can be taken away from you. With his friend, who's uh, yeah, what's his, his name is uh, Lance Lane. Yeah, Lane. Lane. Yeah, Lane. Like he goes to visit Lane, and like Lane is physically incapable of doing that because he had a similar accident, right? Like he's been trampled by. Uh, I think he was riding bulls, uh, mm-hmm. and and it's like you have an example here in your life that shows you their cowboy up just like isn't going to be sufficient just because you want it it doesn't mean that you're going to always be able to perform it yeah i mean there's so much about that this we get we really see the way that like this cowboy up ethos is about um refusing any form of weakness or vulnerability Mm. or pain right or like maybe not refusing pain but refusing to let pain drive or determine anything for Mm -hmm. you that like you by sheer force of like will and grit and the hat and the masculinity Mm -hmm. are just going to be able to kind of um, deny the reality of your fragility, the reality of your feelings, the reality of your pain. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and like so much of what we see in the scenes with Lane in Lane's kind of like inpatient, physical therapy um, setting where he lives. And then in, in Brady's interactions with kind of his other 
cowboy friends is this feeling that like this, this insistence that young men, that these young men in like uh, manifest that um, mm-hmm. wounds them. It yeah. damages them. They walk around with chronic pain because they are told that they are supposed to just get right back on the horse the minute that they can. Um, that that it's the be, that asking them to do this impossible thing um, wounds them and wounds them and wounds them, and and at the same time asks them to pretend that they are not woundable. Mm-hmm. And the unsustainability of that feels like kind of the core drama of the film. And I, I love that you mentioned Lane because Lane feels like this um, wild and very beautiful counterpoint because mm-hmm. Lane has been injured beyond being able to feign that he's going to be okay. Yeah. Right. Lane can no longer speak. Lane can no longer like walk on his own. Mm-hmm. Right. Lane is, Lane is injured. Um, beyond being able to even like simulate a return to a normal cowboy life or even just like sort of a normal, like living outside um, of an institution where he gets the help that he needs. Right. Like he's, there's no cowboying up past what Lane has experienced. And like you sort of see, and I kind of feel like because of that, the scenes between these two friends and Lane was like supposed to have been the hotshot, right? Mm-hmm. Like the most talented, yeah. the star. He's like the, doing it in the videos, like, he's doing all the flexing and like <laughs> Yeah, and like they're talking about how he always used to like, you know, get all the girls and mm-hmm. be kind of a st- you know, like that that he was really like the ultimate young, you know, ver- the young, the ultimate young kind of swaggering hotshot yeah. cowboy. And that and that this was robbed from him um like in this very tragic way because he was sort of manifesting at the best of all of them. And then, and then he's sort of been injured in such a way that he'll never really be able to, to ride a horse again. And that creates the, and that his injury and like the immutability of his injury mm-hmm. creates this space in the film where actually like there is tenderness in the film mm-hmm. around lane because Brady hugs Lane and Brady mm-hmm. calls him brother and says, I love you. And, uh, like they, pr- there's a scene where like they all, they pray for yeah. Lane as a, as a group of friends. And they say, we are him and he is us. Yeah. We are, we are one in this together. I wrote yeah. down that line cause I thought it was so beautiful. Yeah. And like they play pretend Brady and Lane pr- play pretend where like mm-hmm. he like brings a set, Brady brings a saddle into the, into the home or into the, the facility yeah. and sets it up and help and gets the nurses to have the aides to help set Lane up on the saddle. And they like play pretend together. Yeah. Um, and so it, to me, I think something that like attracts me to this film is that it, it, it shows the fact that like it, it dramatizes kind of the brutality of trying to ask people to pretend like they're invulnerable. Mm-hmm. And it also shows the way that like terrible, irreparable fragility or vulnerability or, or injury opens a space like in the, where there, where there otherwise would exist none to, mm-hmm. um, to engage like with real, to, to like have nobody say, Oh, just cowboy up. Yeah. or like, Oh, just ride through it. Like instead these two young men are really meeting each other where they are like where they actually are not where they feel like they're supposed to pretend to be 
God, I just ask you to take care of Gus on his travels, Lord. Just be with him all the time and protect him. Keep him safe, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. To me, for me, a lot of that tenderness is brought about because they're not actors and because this is their actual story that they are then reenacting. And you can see it in like sort of, I mean, you can feel that they're not actors, right? That they're yeah. delivering the lines in ways. But part of what like it then makes it so tender is because, and heartbreaking, as you say, like is because you're witnessing these real people reenact the trauma <laughs> like they're reenacting it and like and all of the little parts of that too right like the things that are that it's not just the the act of being stomped on by a horse right but it's like in the the very opening scene where he has to like take off the bandage from from his head and it's just like this is how it actually feels. This is what it actually looks like when he's smoking weed after some of these things. And it's like, no, this is how I actually cope with this. And it, and it just feels so, I, I, it's heartbreaking because you're, you're just witnessing him go through the, what feels like the exact motions and emotions of, of what this experience wrought for him in his own life. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, you, the, you saying that right now just made me think about like the ethics of wanting to watch a non-actor re-experience a, a traumatizing event. Yeah. <laughs> a traumatizing event. Uh, like, cause this is not a documentary, right? right. Like this, is, this is a narrative feature film where everyone is playing sort of a version of themselves, but where some things have been changed. So like Lane, for example, is really, um, Brady Jandro's childhood best friend was really a, like an unbelievable hotshot at the rodeo. Uh, only he was injured in a car accident. He mm. actually wasn't injured in the rodeo. So like there, and there are like things like that or, you know, and it's scripted in a yeah. sense. There's like Zhao wrote the story of the film, some of which totally deviates from the real, um, from, from what really happened. And yet like, this the the core scenario did happen to yeah. this person, and like the the core identity crisis, um, and the physical pain, and the negotiation between, I mean, even like the scene where he has to shoot his horse, mm -hmm. like that happened, and like watch, you know, like having to, and like there's something that is feels more powerful about a viewing experience because you're not watching someone pretend to live a life. You're watching someone in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, but also, I don't know. Is that, yeah. Is how, that... how do you, how to <laughs> one view? Like, it's, yeah, it's like up kind of to... fucked up. It's kind yeah. of fucked up. Yeah. I mean, do you think that's fucked up as like a, as like a directorial project or do you think that's fucked up as a, as a spectating project? I think, you know, because I would say as a spectator, just because it, it the film does have the full participation of all of these people, right? Like, and, and so they know what's going on and they know what the story is and they've like accepted that and they're, they're fully there to do it. So it's not as if, like and and also then it, like 
you know, we could call into question the ethics of, uh, you know, translating anyone's story in that way, like, and, and say that it's somewhat exploit exploitative because, like, if we're if we're just taking that story and then transmuting it for an audience to to consume, there's some there's something exploitative in the very nature of that relationship, right? Because, and I feel like maybe it's less so with their full participation, but as a, as a viewing audience, it does feel like I'm getting too, I'm getting too intimate with this person. <laughs> like that, that feels like both heartbreaking and like, I'm, I'm glad you're telling this story, but also wishing that, uh, wishing that especially Brady had a little more distance from it so that he didn't have to relive it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the word that sticks out to me in what you just said is the word consumption. Like when it feels mm. like a thing that I'm consume, like that I'm consuming for like whatever pleasure or edification. Um, when I think about like this story, this, this family story, this young man's story, this community mm. story, um, as like something that is being turned into a commodity for someone for mm -hmm. my, I don't know, pleasure or consumption or whatever. That's when I start to feel like really icky about it. Mm -hmm. And when I think about it as something that is being like conveyed in the way that sometimes we want art to convey mm -hmm. some truth of the world or some truth of our human experience. Um, and of course all art that is sold is both of those things. Yeah. Right. So we are, we just like have to hold that intention. But, um, I think you're right that the participation of their family, of this guy, of his friends, of, of the community in the film, knowing because they, she had, Zhao had already made a film on their reservation mm -hmm. before. So they knew how she worked and they knew what the films were like. Um, that makes me feel a little bit more able to engage the intimacy that is sometimes uncomfortable mm -hmm. of the film, um, feeling like it's not predatory intimacy, like yeah. it's invited intimacy. D. O. N. I. B. E. D. Don't give up on your dreams. And it, it, it's um, on the point about like you mentioned about that like, this film is in large part about community. I think it's a key difference between this and the wrestler, in that mm -hmm. at the end of the wrestler, like he he's still wrestling and he like knows that his heart will give out and all of that. And he still chooses it. Um, and Brady does give up the, the, the rodeo. And I think the key there is that in the wrestler, like this character feels like he has no one where Brady has a community that supports him, that he can go back to. He has the family, like he has all of these things. He has people that care about him, that count on him. And, it, and it's like, there's the, that pull there that he wants to give up on his life. Like he, I mean, you know, you see it in the scene with his sister after 
uh, you know, they put his horse down. You know, he's like, it's not fair that you had to put the horse down and that just because I'm a human and I had an injury, like I get to live. He doesn't seem to want to live anymore. Like, it, right. and so that's why he's going back to the rodeo, knowing that it, it could, it would very well kill him. But he, he spots his dad and sister over there. And it's just like, no, I have something to live for that's outside of myself. And I think that that, like that community that's built, that the brotherhood with his friends and all of that, like is something to, to then, I don't want to say that it's like an, an antidote to uh, that the cowboy up ethos, because like, obviously that still runs through the community itself, but Mm -hmm. it is something that like offers him an alternative to simply say like, no, I'm not in this by myself and I'm not cowboying up for myself. Like the, the idea here is that I'm, I'm always engaged with the community that they are always there for me and I'm there for them. Yes, absolutely. I think this is the, the, the crux of why I am so fascinated with this movie and, and like it so much. I've been thinking about this and writing about this a little bit. Um, because I think that that thing, the thing where he decides not to sort of pursue the suicidal individual pursuit mm-hmm. um, is makes this a very unusual and kind of exceptional Western, like cowboy mm-hmm. movie, because the cowboy movie tends to manifest this this set of like binaries that some like mm-hmm. um, film theorists of the Western were writing about in the mid century, where it's like you know, it comes back to this romantic capital R romantic era of like the, the wilderness in mm. heavy scare quotes versus civilization also in heavy scare quotes. And that like the cowboy is a, like the wilderness is associated with the, the lone individual mm-hmm. with integrity, with a kind of brutality. Right. And then there's civilization on the other side and that like, and it's more feminine and it's more um, cultivated and it's like, and it's all of the constraints and the failures and the corruptions of civilization that the cowboy is often trying to get away from and into the integrity of his solitude. Right. And that there's this tension between the cowboy as a lone ranger and the cowboy is like a person who comes from somewhere and has mm-hmm. people who love him mm-hmm. and who he presumably loves and to whom he owes something. And often cowboy movies are about like, they enact this, this drama of the individual, usually individual man, though not always, yeah. um, like needing to fulfill this idea of their kind of, of what they think a cowboy is supposed to be. And often that is about leaving or, or turning their back on community Mm -hmm. so that they can continue Mm -hmm. to sort of like hold to their integrity and like live, uh, and manifest what they think a cowboy is supposed to do and supposed to be, which has a lot to do with, as we've been talking about masculinity, denial of pain, denial of vulnerability, denial of need, right. Denial Mm -hmm. of needing anything other than like your horse. There's usually a moment in these films where like, the cowboy doesn't have to die. They could just ask for help or they could just like be, you know, they don't need to go like hurtling off a cliff or whatever, Mm. or like running into the line of fire. They could just ask for help and they would get to live and they don't because that that's like runs counter to the ethos. And I love that in this movie, like it culminates in this gesture of him basically 
you know, saying he's going to go off and kill himself because he'd rather be a cowboy who kills himself than somebody who doesn't right. uh, get to be a cowboy. There has to be a compromised cowboy in some way. Mm-hmm. And his dad asks him not to. And they have this, you know, they have this argument wherein he's sort of saying like, well, I'm just trying, you know, I was listening to everything you said. I'm doing, this is you. You told me to be like this. And then eventually, and he gets kind of like right up to the edge of doing this thing that will probably result in his, his, you know, his death, um, his terrible death. And he just turns and he's like, sees his dad and his sister and says, and just, and walks away, you know, like he finds a different way to be, um, to find ongoingness and, and it like hinges on him accepting that he is needed and that he needs, yeah. you know, that like his family needs, his sister needs him. They love him. They mm-hmm. want him there. And like, he loves them and they're, so he's going to kind of, and it's a complicated family. It's a complicated community. It's not always like one where he feels like totally held maybe in all the ways he wants to be held, mm-hmm. but like, in that community, he can be a person who is a cowboy who is also injured, you know, mm-hmm. and also vulnerable and also gets to live um, and gets to sort of like find, keep finding out what it means for him to live. Um, it's not like he just gets to go back to the life that's exactly what he wanted. He has probably like, you know years of compromise, you know, of compromised physical sure. health in front of him. But like, um, he gets to sort of, he and Lane get to keep, you know, being these different kinds of, you know, these different kinds of cowboys, even though they don't get to do it in the way that they thought was like the script. Jordan, what's one lasting image that sticks with you from the writer? Um, the scene, the, the image, there's a, this happens in a couple different scenes where um, Brady and Lane kind of play this game of pretend mm. where um, they sort of pretend that Lane is back on a horse and Brady will give Lane his hands or sometimes reins, but often like at least once it's just, they just hold hands Mm -hmm. and he's, and he sort of talks Lane through, you know, he's like, okay, pull the horse around left. Mm -hmm. And he'll like tug his hand and pull the horse around. Right. And it's sort of like physical therapy because it's good for Lane to practice, you know, like the kind of motor, motor coordination, but it's also like a way for them to, connect still over this thing that they both love that they can't have Mm -hmm. in the way that they want. Um, and it's a way for them to touch each other and it's a way for them to be, um, I don't know the, like the act of these two young men playing, playing pretend riding horses Mm -hmm. and the gentleness of that and the, the humanity of that (laughs) like just these two people kind of meeting each other in these really compromised places and being kind to each other and sort of like holding each other's hands and pretending to be on a horse because they both love to be on a horse as is something that i i really keep thinking about with regards to that movie jordan thanks so much for joining me thank you for having me this was so fun 
thanks for listening to Open Forum, a podcast from LitHub Radio, produced by Justin Alvarez and hosted by me, Michael Denzel Smith. Feel free to like, comment, and subscribe to Open Forum wherever you get your podcasts, and or sign up for the LitHub newsletter to stay up to date on our latest episodes. Next week, the afterlife is a complicated bureaucracy, but say his name three times and he'll help you sort it all out for a price.